Hi, I'm Kristen, and I'm the owner of L. James Bridal. I spend my days helping brides find their wedding dress, and during my time with them, I always find myself sharing tips and resources to help eliminate some of their stress. What I quickly learned is that a lot of wedding planning stress comes from the unknown. How are you supposed to plan a wedding when you've never done it before? I'm here to help. I'll be chatting with wedding professionals, asking them questions you may not even think to ask. I hope to educate you on all the things weddings so that you can go through your engagement season feeling prepared and confident. I'm your host, Kristen, and this is the Prepared Bride, a wedding podcast. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Prepared Bride podcast. Super excited to have you here. And I wanted to start out today with a few housekeeping things. First of all, happy Friday. We are now launching every other Friday. This personally worked for my workflow better. And I also thought it was fun. I know a lot of times during the engagement season, you're going out of town for different things. And so I thought launching this on Friday so you have something to listen to on your way out of town um, would be a good way to do things. So glad to have you here on this Friday. Secondly, if you're loving this podcast, it would mean the world if you would subscribe to it. And then also, if you have a few extra minutes and you want to rate and review it, that helps other brides find us. And that's the whole goal here is to get the knowledge out. So it would really mean a lot if you could do that. And then the other thing I just wanted to let you know is that we are over on Instagram at the Prepared Bride Podcast. This is a really good place to ask any of our guests follow-up questions. You can also ask me any sort of wedding questions that you might have if you're like going back and forth on a timeline situation or have a question about shopping for your dress or anything, that's what I'm here for. Or if you even have like a specific request on the type of guest or like a specific guest that you'd like to hear from, I would love to hear from you over on Instagram um, at the Prepared Brad Podcast. Enough about that. Now let's talk about our episode today. It's a good one. Today, I speak to a longtime friend and fellow wedding vendor, Miss Julia Putt, soon to be Mrs. Julia Ryan. She has worked alongside her family at Fresh Cut Catering and Floral since high school, and then she went on to study floral design at Mississippi State University. Julia is now a lead floral designer and event stylist at Fresh Cut and has won many awards such as Top 40 Under 40, Top 125 Florists in the Florist Review, and Number 1 in Mississippi. So incredible. The list truly goes on and on. She is a busy, busy woman, and now she has a wedding of her own to plan. So, Julia, thank you for taking the time to talk with me. I will say the beginning of this episode starts off a little bit unconventional compared to some of past episodes when we sat down and started talking we are friends so we just immediately kind of started having a conversation about her work schedule and normally I would just edit that out however I think it really pulls back the curtain on just how hard Julia and her team work and wedding vendors in general it is a grueling schedule and so I really wanted you all to hear that part of it Um, but it does just kind of start in the middle of the conversation to the listeners get ready to learn a lot. Here is Julia Putt. How's today going? It's going good. It's smooth so far. Good. We love a Tuesday because it's not crazy in the week yet. Oh, see, that's like the day we're crazy, but maybe it's... Do y'all work on Mondays? Uh-huh. 
Oh, okay. We worked Monday. Because if we didn't work Monday and Tuesday, we would not have time to meet with the brides, you know, because Wednesday through Friday were Wait, do you only get get Sunday off? Sometimes not even Sunday. Oh, my gosh. How do you recoup? You just don't? You know, you just keep going. That's kind of how we recoup. We don't really get to recoup. That's wild. Okay, well, I'm happy to chat about all this. I was trying to think about when we met, and I think you were in high school working for Fresh Cut. Yeah, you were working. Yeah, you were coordinating. Yes, I was. And I honestly, the first time I remember meeting you, we were like in Alabama at setting up for a, a rehearsal dinner. Do you remember that? Yes. Yeah, it was at the beach somewhere. I can't, but yeah, I remember that. Yes, it was like on like an island off of Gulf Shores or something. I can't yes. remember what it's called. And it was like storming, and I remember salads flying off the salad plates. Yes, Oh No Island. That's what it was. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Um, so fun. Well, when did you start doing florals and design and all of that? And how long have you been doing it now? Okay, so I started, like, I've watched my mom do it forever. I mean, she, when she started the business, she met out of our house on Sheffield. So, like, I would have friends over, and it was a normal thing for the bride to be meeting downstairs. Wow. But so I've always seen her do it. And then, of course, over the years, like, the company has just completely grown. It's crazy to think of it now. But, so I've watched her do it, and then I probably started actually doing flowers in high school. And then of course I went to state for it. And then I've graduated from state, what, four years ago. So full-time, probably four years, but all in all, I mean, I've seen it, been around it my whole life. Amazing. So you actually did the floral design at Mississippi State. Yes, you major in horticulture and then it's called floral management. So a lot of the people that major in that, their dream is to like have a flower shop. So, actual wedding design, they're one class offered. But, you know, I mean, you get to learn the basics and kind of the principles of floral design. But it was good. It was, you know, half a business major. So, you got to learn accounting and things like that. So Yeah, I will say that's one thing I did not have, and I wish I did. Because I've just had to learn more of that, like, as I go. Yeah, you kind of, and it's kind of like, those are things you can be taught, like, about accounting. Right. But that's kind of like with flowers, like, what they taught me, I probably, I mean, I hate to say I don't use it, just because Yeah. I feel like it was older styles, like, you know, and when you run a flower shop, it's a completely different thing than, like, an event design company, so. Totally. Did you always know, like, watching your mom growing up, did you know that that's what you wanted to do? I've always loved to work. Uh It takes a special person to work as hard as we have to work. And I've always been a worker. Like, I've never been a sit-around kind of person. Uh But I also love any type of design. So, like, fashion, I'm very into. I love interior design. So in high school, I worked at a retail shop just to kind of see what that would be like. But I just missed the pace of what kind of the event world of design is. So I would say that going into college, I for sure knew it was what I was going to pursue. But leading up to, I did try different options. 
Yeah, you knew you wanted to do design in some form or fashion. You just weren't sure if it was going to be like the family biz or whatever. Yes, I actually, funny to look back on this, but I started making clothes. Like I would go pick (gasps) fabrics and then I would sketch them out and have them designed. And then this lady would actually like sew them for me. But like I would give her different like, but I learned quickly that that is not something I would ever really dive real deep into. But yeah. it's fun to explore it. Mm-hmm. It's a long process. I've actually had a few people reach out to me about, because they want to be wedding dress designers. They want to come, you know, intern for L. James or whatever. And then when they get down to it and they really learn the ins and outs of like what you have to go through from like the time you have this concept to the end result. It's like, it's not quite as um, instant as some like creatives would like you know what I mean yes it's a lot of steps that are frustrating and and not creative to get to the creative part yeah exactly um well let's get into for a second let's just start with like who Fresh Cut is what all do you all offer because it's not just flowers and then we'll kind of get into like all the flower stuff because that's really what I want to talk about today Yes. So my mom started the company like over 30 years ago and she started with just flowers and then she saw a big need for food and she thought, okay, like if people are planning planning a wedding, they need both. And if it's a one-stop shop, like she could just see it taken off. So she quickly did the food part, I would say a couple years in to when she was just doing flowers Mm-hmm. And then we were going on a mission trip to Mexico and I was in fourth grade, but I had an appendicitis. So I had to have emergency surgery. And during all of that, our head of catering was stealing from us because she thought we were going to be in Mexico. So my dad was selling machinery at Puckett Machinery and he had to leave his job. And ever since when I was in fourth grade, he has taken over the food part. So that's kind of its own division. And then wow. we have since opened a rental shop, Galleries. Mm-hmm. And we're all in the same cul-de-sac. So we have Galleries. We just opened a new warehouse for rentals because, I mean, it just takes up some room. So we yeah. have opened a new warehouse next to our old warehouse. And then we also own the Hosel Forest Flower House. So we're kind of all back here in the same cul-de-sac so it's cool we're on cypress cove and we're kind of hidden so we can unload trucks and you know it's For just sure. lots of space and but it's crazy to see that oh my gosh like now we have rentals and you don't have to come and we don't have minimums like you can come yeah. rent three linens for a party at your house or Head to toe, flowers, food, everything. So Right. So it's just as little or as much as you need, whether it's a wedding or a baby shower or whatever. Yeah, whatever. I love it. That's so cool. And like does feel such a need because I think like one thing that was nice for me and my mom on my wedding day, because we did florals, flower and all the things with you all food. We both didn't have a lot of time. Our like schedules didn't allow us to meet with multiple vendors. So to be able to sit down with you all and say like, this is my overall vision and being able to pull in the flowers and the rentals, those two easily go hand in hand. And then we were able to do the food, you know, all at the same meeting. That was like so nice for us. So we like really enjoyed that 
part of it. And I don't know that my mom would have been able to be by my side just because of her work schedule had we not just gotten to like knock it all out with one meeting. So that was awesome. Yeah. And it definitely makes communication easier, you know, for sure. you're communicating with one person, you know, and whatever, if you have a coordinator, like it's easy for them as well. So yeah, we awesome. think it works out conveniently for sure. Yeah. Let's get into kind of more of the floral stuff. Cause I know that's what people have a lot of questions about. And I just want to start with something fun. So tell us what's your favorite thing to create for the wedding day when it comes to florals. I would say my favorite thing is probably the bride's bouquet as number one, just because that's her favorite part of it. I mean, it's with her all day. If uh-huh. she doesn't like her bouquet, then everything else, you know, is messed up because you want to feel pretty. You want to know what you're carrying is exactly what you envisioned. But we have four designers, well, three full-time designers. And so we all kind of have certain things we design. Um, I also really love, like a flower chandelier, those are always fun because it's never the same. And yes, any like yes. fun prop that we're incorporating flowers with, mm-hmm. I love to do that as well. Any like, I love a bride that just comes in and is like, here's my colors. You can do whatever. I want to be different. Da, 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 da. That's where I like just am on cloud nine because yeah. I love any new, it can be the most basic color or flower script but that's when it's fun because you get to do it in a completely new way for sure that's so cool okay kind of speaking to like the flower chandelier and all that I've seen those kind of pop up being as kind of popular recently that and like a floral wall I feel like is very girls see it on Pinterest and it always grabs their attention is that something that normally drives up costs or would it compare to like the cost of like a big arrangement for the ceremony how does that Definitely work? is more. So a flower wall, depending on, I mean, and you mentioned Pinterest, which I've never had a Pinterest, but <laughs> when brides bring us pictures, I'm like, yeah, this flower wall is beautiful, but you also don't realize that it's completely silk flowers or it's super filtered. So if it's a silk flower wall, which we don't do, we mm-hmm. mostly do real that's more cost effective, but it's, if it's a full head to toe flower wall, yes. I mean, you're looking at starting at thousands, a flower chandelier, you know, depending on how big usually starts around 650 and goes up, you know, depending on how much greenery or how much flower she wants, but a cost effective way to do a flower wall. If she does like some greenery is to start with a boxwood wall. as like your base and then you can stuff the flowers from there, but you're not paying for, you know, the greenery to completely hide the oasis plus the flowers. So there are ways to save, but I would say sure. if you like a solid flower wall, I mean, it just is not going to save you money. You would have to save it from <laughs> other places. Yeah. What would you say, and it might, the answer might be nothing, but is there something that girls feel like they like have to have, whether it's the ceremony or the reception and in the big scheme of things, it's like an easy thing to maybe cut out so that they can do something like a floral chandelier or something that's more of a focal point. I love to really like recreate a space. So I would say the first thing to do, and we like to spend money all in one area and not have like. 10 low arrangements on tables that aren't even eye level. I say cut the low arrangements. Don't even do low arrangements. Do candles. 
and then do half the amount of tall arrangements you're going to have. Plus, most brides get rehearsal dinner flowers, so we can mm -hmm. supplement those on guest tables and really spend money where the pictures are, which is usually the dance floor. So definitely worth the flower chandelier to cut some guest tables. Or if there's a really pretty flower wall or boxwood wall that you would want behind your cake, that's also like a place where very, you know, pictures are going to be taken, taken. So cut the low florals and you save what? I mean, if you have most of those start at 60. So if you cut 10 of those, that's $600 to use towards a chandelier or yeah. a backdrop for the cake. Wow. Yeah, that's such good advice. Okay, so you mentioned rehearsal dinner flowers. Talk to me a little bit about that. If, you know, it's a similar scheme or is it common to use the rehearsal dinner flower, like reuse the rehearsal dinner flowers for the wedding day? Yes, absolutely. Most of the time, you know, the brides, I mean, the groom's parents use the bride's palette the next day. Sometimes okay. they want to add color if they don't have color the next day. And if that's the case, then we just remove the color and maybe, you know, have a bucket of extra flowers we would charge the bride for to add in the next so day. Smart. But we definitely love to reuse. And we tell them all the time, like if a different florist is doing the rehearsal dinner flowers we're totally not weird about that we still love to use them because it does help for sure the bride you know save money so that all of her tables can have a flower yeah that is so smart I hope everybody's taking notes that's listening right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah take notes get on the uh, good side with your in-laws Yes. Speaking of in-laws, is the groom supposed to pay for any of the florals or food or anything that you all deal with? Yes. So, and most people don't know this coming in and we still keep it separate in our form, but we make it very comfortable because it's an awkward conversation a lot of times for the yeah. brides to have with their future mother-in-law. And so we're happy to have that conversation for them. But traditionally the groom pays for the bride's bouquet mothers, grandmothers, the boutonnieres, and then the toss bouquet at the end of the night. Wow. Okay. That is something I didn't know. And I, I remember learning it from you all. And then I've just, I kind of knew it was something that we had, that the groom was supposed to pay for. I just was not sure. So that's so and interesting. Have, yeah. If I didn't do this, like I would have had no idea that they could yeah. anything. You know, I would think like band and bar is what they would pay for. Like not even flowers, but right. it's crazy. But I mean, compared to what we have to pay for, I'm like, they totally can handle those few items. Absolutely. I would totally agree with that. And I'm not sure why the band in the bar is not their responsibility because I feel like they're the ones that normally pick that. Yeah, they're the ones that like really have an opinion on entertainment right. and what the bar serving and what the food is, you know. So right. I think that maybe we change that. <laughs> yeah, we'll start that right now, everybody. Yes. Let's have the guys pay for that stuff. That's so funny. What is about just as an average budget for a Mississippi wedding, let's say there's like around 200 guests. I feel like that's an average. Would you say that's fair to say? I would say, yeah, that's definitely average. It depends on what all you're getting. I mean, food wise, I feel like most menus would start at $30 per head. Okay. And then it depends flower wise. I mean, where the venue is, 
traditionally we only seat half the number of guests if it's not a seated dinner, which in bigger mm-hmm. cities that's common, but here most of the time it's buffet style. So you would have like 10 tables, assuming half of the flowers come from the rehearsal dinner, you're probably spending around 1500 on guest table florals. Okay. We like to put like a focal floral on a food table. So that's around like 500 and then bridal party numbers. That's all, you know, that's fluctuates, but that's a bridal bouquet usually starts around 150, 200. And then a okay. bridesmaid is around 65. So half the cost of the bride. So, I mean, we really kind of start at the top with bridal party numbers and we go down and depending on that, that's kind of how we get our in total. Okay. So it's hard to answer because every single, it's so custom. Right. So with that being said, coming into a meeting with any florist and caterer and all that, you really need to have your guest numbers and wedding party numbers. Yeah, so the first, we do our first appointment. It's just a pricing appointment. It's usually like an hour. We come in, talk about where the venue is, what time of day. We don't even get vendors yet. And we just kind of go over line by line, give them a price. It never is what it is. Like they always either add or subtract from that. But we Mm -hmm. always say shoot for the stars and then come down because we would rather the dad be shocked in the beginning and then happy in the end and <laughs> vice versa. Like she's like settling for every line item when really if it was just 2,500 more to get so close to everything she wanted, I would have rather heard the dad get that in the beginning. Right. That totally makes sense. And then when she comes back, she usually has like a planning appointment and then a final like wrap up the details appointment. So The planning appointment usually happens like four to six months from the wedding. And that's usually an hour and a half to two hours. And then you come back for a final like hour. We're tying up all loose ends. And that's closer to like two to three months from the wedding. Okay. Now, what if somebody doesn't have that much time? If someone doesn't have that much time, we order, as long as we know what you want, two weeks Mm -hmm. before the wedding, that's when we order flowers. We've even worked on a tighter timeline than that, like a week of the something happened with the florist or the caterer, something happened with family and they can't do it anymore. And so we try to get as close as to what they want, but at that point Mm -hmm. we tell them flowers have already been shipped we can't promise you'll get snow panties in December Mm -hmm. if you don't meet or finalize everything the two weeks before got it so you are able to do something quicker like if they need a week you just can't promise it's going to be exactly what they want yes I mean it depends on what month we're in I mean right now it's peak wedding season so like May and Mm -hmm. June we are like pretty committed every single weekend Mm -hmm. Um, we have certain like blackout weekends where we literally cannot take another thing, but then we also have like, you know, July and August, if someone comes in like 90% of the time, we can definitely take it. That's amazing. What would you recommend as a good engagement timeline? If somebody is saying, you know, 
we definitely want enough time to be able to get everything that we want, but at the same time, we don't want it to be a full year. What do you think is like the perfect engagement timeline? I mean, I would say by the time, and we are not the first step for a lot of people. Yeah. I would say that you would be with their wedding dress and all of that. Yeah. I would say for us, I mean, they don't come to us until six months out usually anyway. Okay. I would say that that's a good shorter timeline. Mm -hmm. If you're someone who's not the best at decisions, sometimes a shorter timeline works in your benefit because you don't have time to change your mind. I I feel like the brides, so I will have been engaged like 13 months from when we get married. So, but I didn't start planning until probably four months into my engagement, which I liked because it wasn't like, Okay, got engaged. I'll have to start making decisions immediately. Like, I kind of got to ease into that. Totally. So, I think it depends on personality. But, I mean, I've had brides that can whip it all out in literally three months, you know. So Yeah. But, I mean, really, the hardest. It's nervous, but it works out. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I mean, you can definitely pick out flowers, design, styles. As far as rentals, like furniture, that is... We cannot promise that. Everything just takes longer. And Mm. photographers book super fast. I mean, band, you know, so if you want, like, you have to have who you really want and you know who that those people are, then you're going to want a longer engagement. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And even like from my perspective of things with dresses, when girls come in and they're like, I'm getting married in five months, we say like, we can absolutely find you a dress. Can you pick from every dress in this store? No. Can you, do you have like three fourths of the options? Yeah. So there's still like plenty of options, but if there is one specific look you're going for, I can't 1000% promise you that that's going to be able to come in. Yes. So you all work with other vendors as far as like the cake goes, right? Like, so if somebody wants florals on cake, is that something that you do? Do you leave the flowers with the cake person? Does it, how does that work? It depends on who the cake person is. Sometimes one specific company, like we will for sure do the flowers on the cake, but I mean the majority either way, I mean, it depends on when they deliver, how fast they need to get in and out, but we're happy to do it. And we're also happy to leave a bucket for the baker. Okay. Yeah. Cause some cake designers just like to do it. Cause it was kind of their vision, right? Yes. Some okay. are particular, but I would say most probably aren't. So this was something actually one of my brides just was talking about. Do you all have like cake, pedestals or is that something normally the cake person brings as far as rentals go 90 percent of the time we're the people who rent the plateau okay plateau that's the name I was gonna call it a cake plate and I was like wow that is yeah people are like what's a plateau and I'm like if I call it a cake stand then it's gonna be like on a stand I was like so you know it's just a little bit fancier okay that's right because I'm so okay yeah so one of my the bride was basically saying there's just so much that goes into it. Like I went to my meeting and they asked about what I was going to put my cake on. I don't know what I'm going to put my cake on. And I was like, that's what we're here for to answer all the questions. That's why you sit down with vendors and have these meetings. Cause I feel like, like when I first got engaged, I kind of knew cause I was in the wedding planning industry at the time, 
But it's shocking when you sit down in one of those meetings for the first time because they're asking all these questions that you just didn't know you should even know, which is why I created this podcast to kind of answer those at at front. Right. But it's a lot of little things. Yeah. And it's not something you do every week. I mean, a lot of times, you know, you're the first sibling in the family getting married, so you don't know a budget or you don't know what questions to ask because it's not, it's just not something you do all the time. So I would be completely taking a shot in the dark too if I was not surrounded by it exactly okay so you're planning your own wedding yes very excited to see it all come together has there been anything that you've talked to vendors about that's like kind of taking you aback just because you're in the industry like is there anything that you've learned that you didn't know or didn't think of Okay, well, first off, let me just talk about y'all in the process because y'all have been amazing. And literally my favorite part of being engaged is working with Mississippi vendors and feeling the feeling that people say they feel with us. But to actually get to feel it with y'all is like been my most favorite part because y'all have made it so easy. Y'all make us feel so special. Like I cannot recommend y'all enough to people because y'all just make it so easy and comfortable and it's a big decision yes it's a big decision yeah I mean it's like you have to I mean that's every picture of your wedding is in your dress so you have to feel like it's you and that you're feel confident in it and you know it goes with the overall look of your wedding and things like that but um you know I would say that the most shocking piece it's just the price of things because each year it just goes up. And especially like post COVID now, it's like the things like the demand for things are so much higher and just the cost of things go up. Yes. But no one really prepares you for how to feel and planning for your own wedding. I mean, people look forward to the day, but I've learned that like, I don't do well with getting opinions like people telling me Mm -hmm. what I should like or what because I'm like no I already have an opinion like don't try and talk me out of it you know and most people have not I mean done that at all I mean they've all been like very met me where I am and Mm -hmm. taken my idea even to the next level but as far as what to expect like I think just being in the business and familiar with how it works so far And I feel like this is going to come back and bite me. But so far, I mean, we've been pretty prepared for each decision, like knowing when it's coming and what we should expect with that. I definitely think it's a big advantage to have some insight into the wedding industry before you plan, because there are so many unknowns when you've never done it before. So to have like a little bit of a view and you have much more of a view, but even like to have uh best friend get married a few months before you get engaged and is actually getting married like in the same area so you're able to use the same vendors is a big plus but once again that's why we're here to do this podcast so that we can answer some of those questions yeah wait so we talked about rehearsal dinner flowers being reused Mm-hmm. Is there a way, can flowers be reused from like ceremony or any other thing for reception? Where all are you pulling flowers from for reception usually? So the altar, not usually. If it's at a church and then you're going to a separate venue, you mm-hmm. cannot really transport the altar flowers. Because obviously we're not going to march in and grab those while your guests are still exiting. 
And then because of that, they beat us to the reception. So then right. we don't have time to get it in place. Yeah. But for your flowers, yes, um, we can use that on the sign and table at the reception or a food table. Outside flowers, like on a door, if you have a wreath or a swag is what we call it. It's like an elongated, not circle, but it's like, yeah, a, yeah you get it. Okay. So that is... That can be used on a rail for the outside of your venue or your front door of your venue. So all those pieces, yes, love to reuse those. Cool. Okay. And we actually this past weekend did like a solid flower arbor. And then instead of bringing that piece into the building, like the venue, we used it outside the door. So that in our exit, she still had it. <gasps> yeah, that's but such we a good idea. Yeah, beating people to get to it. Right. Because it was outside. So, oh, I love that idea. So they ran under that at their exit. Right. Yeah. So, and for that mm. to work, you know, you would have to, you would want it to be like a frame and not right. like a one sided arrangement because it just, you know, wouldn't show up like the frame did. But it was worked out perfectly this past weekend. I love that. Talk to me a little bit about what trends you're seeing as far as like color palettes go for flowers, if there is a trend or what you're seeing brides want the most, or even some like unique things you've done that you wish more girls would do. If anybody knows me, they know that I'm just not a huge fan of baby's breath, but (laughs) that has literally made a comeback in a major way. And we get baby's breath garland pictures all the time like a baby's breath chandelier or you know this past weekend as well we did like a baby's breath frame over a bar that we sprayed different colors because she kind of this is a bride who was so fun let us do anything and we did like monochromatic ombre colors so over the bar we did like a frame with the baby's breath but one was green one was peach one was yellow lavender so that was really cool because even though baby's breath isn't my favorite flower, it still was used in such a unique way that it made me kind of love it. You know, I was like, this is really cool. So, but any flowers you're going to see at Kroger, like we don't necessarily love, but (laughs) if you use it in a cool way, I think that's everything, no matter the color palette or anything, it's how you use the flowers. Totally. But instead of having like just a, huge mound of flowers on a food table we love to hang loose roses with bubbles or bring in a cool light fixture we just did custom drum shades for a wedding in Brookhaven and anything like that to mix it up like I think mixing flowers with the right amount of props really is what separates your wedding from everything else yeah and that's why you need professionals (laughs) well and that goes back to like the overall design and style because I know we're both like all white yes but I feel like you had very unique ways that we did your flowers yeah that it wasn't like boring because it was all white like we did the collection which is like one of my favorite I mean, I still love it. We call it the Jeff Lethem. Yes. And, yeah. and you were like one of the first brides to do that. And then, of course, your altar was the infinity on the floor. And that yeah. picture gets brought up all the time. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Yeah, that was really important to me. And I felt like such plain Jane coming to you all and saying, like, I want green and white. 
and I added like a little bit of blush in like my bridesmaids because that was the color of their dresses. But that was like a struggle for me to even do that. So I love that you all were open to like do and and excited to do something in those colors, but really different. And that I've never really thought of it that way, even though I guess that's what I did. But doing something different and just using the color palettes you love yeah because it's not about really the flowers or the colors it's more on how you use them that make them unique and stand out I saw what you're talking about with the baby's breath I had no idea I saw that picture and once this is this goes live I'll have to post that so everybody can see what we're talking about I had no idea I can normally tell I had no idea that was baby's breath it was so yeah that's the thing it's all in how you use it and it can be the coolest way to use it with like you know, a very inexpensive flower to make it that wow look you're going for. Yeah. I, now, every time you say baby's breath, I think about y'all. <laughs> I got these baby's breath from Kroger because I needed something really quick. And my husband walked in and he was like, what is this smell? It's something smells terrible. And I don't have a really good sense of smell. So I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then throughout the days, I, I started smelling it, and I was like, there's got to be, like, old fish that I threw out. that I, So I took out the garbage. It was still there. And I yeah. texted Julia, and I was like, does baby's breath smell by chance? And she was trying to be so nice about it. She said, yeah, I would maybe go for the roses next time. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, never should that be the first thing you pick up anyway. But, yeah, there's just. You yeah, know what it was. It goes back to me being white and green. That was the only white that they had. And so I was like, I'll just get three things, like buckets of it, and just yeah. fill it instead of having to pick a color because I struggle with it. It's terrible. That's Yeah, well, I mean, it is. I could see where it comes off dainty, you know, yeah. to a lot of people, and that's sweet. Like Flower Girl Halos, love my uh, baby's breath. Yes. Yeah, so sweet. Is there anything that you wish that brides and their moms or whoever that's coming in knew before they came in? Because it tends to be like a reoccurring question or problem or whatever. Is there anything that comes to mind? I mean, I think when you know you're pricing flowers and food and rentals and all those pieces, it's hard to say like an overall budget for all of the pieces. So Mm -hmm. I would just be open-minded. I mean, you know, labor is a big piece of that. And it's kind of like when we're going to Disney World, we're so excited to be going to Disney World, but we don't even bat an eye at the flight to get there because we know we have to pay that in order to have fun. And like, you know, they know that they're going to have to pay for that in order for their wedding to be beautiful. But Mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, it's more popular now to do sofa settees and lighting, like up lights and pin spots. And so... For them to come in just knowing that those are possibilities and that can be a separate line item that we budget totally separate. Mm -hmm. But, you know, they need to come in with that in the back of their head. Okay, this is the flower budget we want to stick with. This is rental budget. And that includes, like I said, like sofa settees, lighting, furniture pieces, any of that. And then a separate catering you know, so if they could kind of have that figured out, that helps us in where we can dream and where we can save. And then, you know, guest list, we like to kind of have an overall number for that. And it's like, you know, if you invite 300 people to your wedding, we understand that those are your best friends, but that's also feeding 300 people. So, I mean, those yeah. are just 
And they're always like, well, you know, how can we save? And we're like, well, you can invite less and save on the food since you really care about the flour portion, you know? Mm -hmm. So just being open to where you can add and save. And, but I mean, the majority come in and they're like, so awesome about that. And so willing to hear, you know, different ideas and where to spend and what's worth it and all of that. Yeah. So just really knowing like what's important to them when they come in and then kind of budgets for each. Yeah. Budgets are important to you. Okay. You know, you have to have, and then from there we can dream and just to have the overall look is always helpful. That's amazing. Great, great advice. Do you have a favorite flower? And if so, what is it? Of course I do. It changes all the time. If for the colorful brides, I love a coral peony or a free spirit garden rose. Um, I don't know or, what that is, but it sounds beautiful. <laughs> those are two of my very favorites. Um, if you're a neutral bride, I love a playa rose. It opens amazing. It's an ivory, so it's not like a stark white. Mm -hmm. It can come off a little blush, but it's my favorite rose. And then I love, I mean, I hate to admit that I do love a peony. Oh, um, they're just so pretty they are and an anemone is so cool that's the flower with the black center I love that I actually was going to ask you what that was because I saw you all added it I think to a cake this past weekend or some, yes. something that you just tagged me in yes it was a cake good job on so pretty if somebody is wanting all white or all more ivory or all blush can they expect it to be that exact color when it comes in? Are all the flowers going to be the exact same color? Do they need to be a little bit more open-minded as far as like what's in season? How does all that work? Well, but you asked that. So yeah, it's like, let's take blue delphinium for instance. So delphinium comes in many colors. And if you want a light blue delphinium, it's like beautiful, but sometimes it comes in a little darker than the light blue you wanted. So we always warn them like, Hey, is it worth it to you to go ahead and purchase these, even though it could come in a little bit darker? Um, it's just because that's really, not something that's in your control. It's just how it was grown and literally how result. it was grown. Okay. Um, and we don't know it until it gets here, so we have to like take the risk beforehand. But but yeah, I mean varieties of if you want lime hydrangeas, sometimes they're super lime, and sometimes it's the lime light or it's super light. So definitely, you know, you can open. Like I just mentioned, Playa Roses. You can order 100 and open them, and 50 of them look blush, and 50 of them look the perfect ivory. I mean, it literally just depends on when it comes in, and we don't know that until almost it's too late, you know. Yeah. So as far as, like, if somebody has in their mind a specific look, would it be better for them to not be super specific on, like, the type of flower to achieve exactly the colors that they want or what's the best way to kind of combat that so that they're happy with the end result we like specific flowers for like the bouquets okay but for the overall floral palette that we we call it the flower script okay. no I mean just tell us you know if you're more moundy then you don't want a lime flower which is like the tallest flower in the thing. So then yeah. if you're moundy, then we just do hydrangea and roses and like stock and things like that. But usually, yeah, only specific on the bouquet part. Awesome. Well, I'm so excited for brides to get to listen to this and learn <laughs> all the things. And hopefully they'll come to you more prepared now. 
Yes. Well, um, y'all, they do a great job at coming prepared, but yes, Good. just, you know, do your homework, get your overall style so we can better help get you to where you think, you know, you wanted it to go. Okay. Okay. My last question would be if they have a wedding planner or a day of coordinator, is that somebody that needs to come, come to them to their meeting or do you prefer it just to be like the bride and maybe a mom? Usually day of, it, they don't come to plannings. If you do a full okay. out package with your coordinator, we do love them to have them in just so they can know, you know, all the logistics. What to expect and all of that. Usually not for the first appointment, but for sure the second planning appointment. We love to have the coordinators. Okay, perfect. Well, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much for taking yeah. time out of your busy, busy day. Of course, and thank you for having us. I'm excited to listen and follow yeah. along with other ones. If people want to just see your work, where can they go on Instagram or website? What's the best place for them to see pictures? Yes, follow our Instagram account is Fresh Cut of Jackson, so JXN. Okay. And then galleries, our rental is Galleries of JXN on Instagram. And then same thing for our website, Fresh Cut of Jackson and galleriesofjackson.com perfect well thank you I'm sure I will uh talk to you soon I hope your day goes great and all the weddings are a big success this weekend well thank you so much and you as well you're busy